Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Shereen Langan. Joining me in studio now is Danny O'Brien. Danny, how are you? How you doing? Can you hear yourself? I can, of course. Okay, because I can only just be here myself. I was like, is that just me? And <laughs> um, thanks so much for popping down. No worries, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So you're a busy man at the minute. I am. This is like um, the equivalent of doing the leave insert kind of stress when you're a comedian because <laughs> we're in the blitz in the middle of all the festivals at the moment. And then um, I have to have a new show ready for the Edinburgh Fringe, which is in uh, less than two weeks now. So all the pressure is on. So tell me about this new show. It's called Reformer. Yep. And what, what's it based on? It's kind of, it's based on a few things. I've kind of given up the sesh a little bit and stuff like that. I haven't been drinking for a couple of months, which is really difficult in this industry, particularly in festivals. Um, I also had a really bad knee injury um, earlier this year. I nearly had to get a complete knee reconstruction, which wasn't ideal for doing stand-up because <laughs> you still need to stand up to do comedy these days. Um, and the, yeah, so I ended up doing like loads of like um, reformer Pilates and all this kind of stuff. So it's all kind of linked into that that's the basic narrative of it okay and what actually happened to your knee um it got kind of hyper extended like the other yeah it was it was bad it's the worst thing that's ever happened to that me. does not sound like a fun time <laughs> no it was awful oh my god <laughs> so when, when's that coming out when can people see the show it's going to be going to the edinburgh fringe first of august is the first show and then it'll be doing a handful of dates in the autumn some of them are actually sold out already even though the show is not finished yet and then it'll be going on tour in 2020 all over ireland okay so when you're writing a show what what's the process for doing that just absolute trial and error that's all i've been doing for the last year just um particularly the last few months are the worst it's um like i was in prague doing previews i was in london the same week and you're just hammering it out and hammered and hammered and it's it's tough because sometimes stuff you've been working on all year when you preview it in the show it doesn't really get anything and then throwaway lines that you just say off the cuff get bigger laughs than material you've been working on so it's just a process so you just for me, I just have to keep gigging and gigging and gigging until I get the until I get the show right, and then it kind of finds its feet. Okay, and then when you um, when you're writing jokes and stuff like that, do you have people that you practice them on? Uh, yeah, audiences. <laughs> oh, you, you just go straight to the audience. You well, wouldn't I, have like a, a pre. No, well, who like well, I there's a couple of comics like Jared Staunton and Damo Clark, and um, two guys I work with a lot. We meet up and we kind of run stuff by each other. And even the lads are both great as well. And even though all of us will agree that something's brilliant, you don't know until you actually try it out. We can think something's the funniest thing in the world and then you try it out in a club and it's just like... 
Nothing worse. Have you ever like completely died on stage? Oh yeah, all of us have. If you ever hear comedians saying that they haven't, for me, I don't think they're comedians. I think they're they're full of spoof. The only way <laughs> the only way you can learn as well is by something working or not working. So sometimes you get a laugh or something that mightn't necessarily be planned, and you go, "Oh, there's something in that." And similarly, when you put up something that you think is going to kill and it gets nothing, you go, "All right, I need to work on this." I can. No, we've actually we've had comedians on the show before that yeah. have been like, "No, I've never died on stage." Ah, where, where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> and what what do you do in that moment where you're just like oh my god like this is real like does it just get like bad like worse and worse if you get me like a downward spiral you have to learn how to change gear I think that's what comes from gigging constantly like I got given out for never taking a break but I, I think it takes you it makes you gig sharp as well do you know what I mean it's those situations like when you feel it and you're like oh this isn't working you have to change gear immediately or sometimes I've, I've died with a bit and then I'll pretend to write on my hand or on a note and go, don't do whatever the bit is again. And I'll say it out loud in front of the audience and that will kind of get a laugh. Yeah. So it's kind of a little kind of way out. And you're also acknowledging the fact that it was cringe. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you make, making a joke out of the bad joke. Exactly, I yeah, yeah. And then would you have like a, like a best joke that you've ever told that was just like absolutely amazing? There's, there's club bits that you do for years and years that are kind of, your, you'd call them your bankers almost, you know what I mean? Um, and they're like, you know, five to ten minute segments that you've been doing for years that are, are kind of tight and you know they work. But the worst part is sometimes you'll you'll pull a banker out in a really tough situation and some gigs are just unsavable and you'll just do it and you'll go, well, that's it. That's all I have. So <laughs> if you don't like that, I don't have anything else for you. Oh my God, I can't even imagine what that must be like being in that situation, just like, like melting away. I did a load of prison gigs last year and then they were like... Yeah, they were the ones, like, some of them were tough. They were just awkward and during the day and stuff like that. But they, I think it makes you a better comic, you know? Wait, sorry, so you've gone into prisons? Yeah, last to... year's show I did loads of prison gigs and that was kind of the genesis of what? the show. So yeah. what was that like? Did you just, like, rock up to Main Choice? Yeah, well, you can't just rock up. But it's a lengthy process. <laughs> yeah. um, you can't just show up and just whatever. But, yeah, I did uh, Mount Joy and Wheatfield and uh, Midlands as well. Okay. And then, but uh, to be honest with you, like, they weren't the toughest gigs that I did. <laughs> like like Christmas parties, Saturday night shows, you know, those kind of ones are the brutality because everyone's absolutely mangled drunk and they've no attention spans. They're the ones that are really, that are hard you have to dig deep for. Yeah, 100%. How do you deal with hecklers as those sort of events? Because I imagine that there's loads. Yeah, I, I think hecklers just always want attention. I think they just want the room to give them attention. Um, and I think, I don't, I think to be honest, if you're doing your job and you're, you know, you're making people laugh and you're being consistent, I don't really find you get heckled. But I think if you open yourself up and you're kind of being arrogant and you're leaning on the mic stand and you're giving yourself an opportunity for people to give you abuse. And if you do that, you should be ready for it. Whereas if you're busy and people are too busy, I keep people too busy laughing to give them an opportunity to heckle. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then if someone's just being drunk and they're just like shouting up absolute inane nonsense, just get them kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, fair. That's definitely the way to do it. And then when you were in the prison, did you make prison jokes? Yeah, one or two. Like, did, try, try, try and keep it light, you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you have like a pit in your stomach saying them just no, to no. it in? <laughs> it's sometimes, no matter what it is, like, like whether a crowd is old, for example, and it's an older crowd, I think you're better off acknowledging the elephant in the room. Like, if you go in and say it's, an, I've done gigs for like old, older people and stuff, and you're kind of going, oh, maybe, I, you know, don't mention it. And, but like, to be honest, I think if you go for it, they'll respect you for it and they'll have the crack because. 
people any kind of group in society don't like people walking on eggshells around them you know what i mean they want to be involved and they want to have a laugh and i just think it'd be inclusive and just treat i think treat every gig like every gig you mm-hmm. know what i mean don't go oh, i better do this for this now, obviously don't go and do a lot of late night material at like a kid's gig or something of course like. of course of course and would you have like, is there like a perfect audience that you love to perform for just I, I just think an audience that's up for it is a perfect audience you know what i mean there's no there's no perfect demographic for me age or or country wise or and just if people are interested and they're enthusiastic and they're lively i think that's that's a perfect audience for me okay and something i'd really love to get your thoughts on is boundaries in comedy yeah is there are there certain no go areas for you not particularly i i honestly believe you can say anything about anything if it's funny if it's well crafted and it's smart and it's thought provoking i don't think there's any topic you can't go into as long as you're not punching down do you know what I mean? Or you're, you know, you're using that as a way to get a cheap laugh. But I think, I think, yeah, like, I, I think you can pretty much say anything once it's, you know, once it's well thought out and it's not just having a dig at someone for the sake or, you know, people being, oh, I'm, I'm just so controversial, you can't handle me. It's like, nah, you're just not funny and you're just being really, <laughs> o- you're just being really awful now about whatever mm-hmm. thing they're talking about. But I, I think pretty much everything's open if you can be funny. That's my belief. Okay. And would you have a best and worst thing about being a comedian? Um. Yeah, I suppose. Like the best thing I think is, I I I feel lucky. Like you know, I used to be a social care worker and stuff like that. I don't uh, take this job for granted. You know, I think it's I'm lucky to be able to do this for a living. Um, and I get to travel around the place. And then probably the worst thing is the is the the relentlessness of it. Like, and it can be quite antisocial and stuff. You know, you're working every night. You have to sacrifice quite a lot. Um, a lot of your friends are you know doing normal stuff and kind of nights out and stuff and they kind of have to be knocked on the head because you pretty much gig every night of course yeah no no yeah no story of my life you know the drill I totally get it and would you be funny outside of doing stand-up comedian like if you were like I don't know like even like going on a date or going to like a Christmas party or something like that like would you be the funny person in the room yeah like I try to have the crack with all my mates and even in my own very close circle of friends outside of comedy like some of those lads to me are the funniest people I've ever met you know what I mean and we all kind of laugh and have the crack with each other I think people like like who like are like that kind of tend to hang out together because that's kind of I suppose the the cornerstone of their friendships and yeah and of course I know it's because I know that I've met so many comedians and like they're just they like a lot of them don't know how to have crack off the <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I've met a few <laughs> too <laughs> like some interviewees that come in I'm like it's just not what you were expecting I'm sitting here and I'm like, is, is this meant to be a, uh, a comedy interviewer? I know that you don't have to be funny the whole time, but you don't yeah. know, some people are actually like really awkward but off the stage. But that's the same as music, musicians and stuff like that, you know, some people just are, are a little bit socially awkward and um, and I, I understand it for comics as well where people have this, you know, that you need to be kind of funny all the time and sometimes you're just wrecked. You've just, you know what I mean? Especially like in Edinburgh, for example, like you do nearly 100 gigs in Edinburgh in a month. Oh, so wow. halfway through Edinburgh, you know, you're meeting people after the show and they want to have the chats and stuff and you're just empty, like you're running on fumes and you're just, it's not that you're not being friendly, but you just, I don't, you don't have the energy to be upbeat and be like, oh, hey, you know what I mean? It can be, it can, it'd be hard. It's like being sober at a wedding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you know, when yeah. you get to like after midnight and everyone's yeah. like, oh, and you're like, oh, it's hard to dig deep for that kind of extra energy. Of course, I know, but it's tough because people expect you to be like that as well, yeah. I suppose. So, and yeah. if, if you were like, like, if you were, if I was the way I in my real life as I am on stage all the time, I'd be dead. Like you'd literally die from <laughs> exhaustion. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't keep up that intensity all the time. Yeah, no, definitely. And you're going to be performing at the Vodafone Comedy Festival. I am. I can't wait for this. It's probably my favorite festival of the summer, and it's like a nice 
break to have a really good crack and have a laugh before you go to the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, so I'm doing shows on Friday, Saturday and Sunday and Saturday's actually sold out. That's the one with Tommy Tiernan in the gas station. Um, I'm doing another show with Laura Davis and Des Bishop and Dan Soder and Richie Bree on the Sunday. And that's going to be an absolute whopper one. So I grab tickets for that if you can. Okay, so what days are still available? Thursday and Sunday? Yeah, I think nearly nearly all the shows on um, Friday and Saturday have sold out. Like a lot of them definitely have. If you're in as well, by the way, it's worth mentioning to people. If they're in already, the Laughter Lab has loads of um, free shows. So if you've bought a ticket, you can go to the Laughter Lab shows if you're already in at the festival. Mm-hmm. So um, my comedy club, the Comedy Crunch, we've got our show there on the Friday. I think that's on at half seven. And then there's still a handful of tickets. There's an absolute belter of a show actually on the Thursday if you're into impersonators. Um, so it's got Al Foran and the lads from Apre Match, John Cleary as well, who's one, one of my favourite live comics in the world, not just in Ireland. So if you're into kind of impersonator kind of comedy, that's on Thursday in the, the joke shop. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for popping in. Thanks a million. Summer's just around the corner. So give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.